Welcome to Navigating Education, the podcast. The podcast that can help educators from around the world navigate not only the present, but also the future. Through discussions of instruction, ed tech, policy, and school leadership, we're here to connect with you and educators from around the world to help them amplify student learning for the betterment of our students and their future. All righty, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whoever is listening to this episode. This welcome to Navigating Education of Podcast, episode number 64. And we're going to be talking about SEL and gratitude with uh, Dr. Mariah Meyer today. And I'm really excited to jump into this as we've had another guest on this episode. I believe it was around 49 of this episode with Lenny Rao, who discussed gratitude and SEL. And I wanted to jump back at this because I had an opportunity to uh, meet um, our guest today when we were at an alumni event at Concordia University, Irvine, and we were able to connect there. We never had connected before and I was really excited just to you know start chatting and start talking about research and what you're doing in education and spoke a lot about you know mentioned gratitude and SEL and I'm like no this would be another great episode to focus on uh, because I think you know we want to really change a lot of the narrative in schools where we want to focus on building our students emotional intelligence showing them how to, uh, you know, practice gratitude to cope with navigating the, you know, the um, valleys as well as um, the high mountains in life so that they can be successful. So really wanted to jump in and talk about this today. So our guest today, she is a professor of teaching um, grad students at Concordia University Irvine, single subject. And then she's also a middle school teacher, uh, sixth and seventh grade social studies. And she does um, leadership advisor and I'm sure involved in many other things that I uh, haven't mentioned yet and she'll have opportunity to do uh, as well. So thank you, Dr. Meyer. Thank you for joining us today. Well, it is an exciting day at my house right now. And if you hear noise, it's because my daughter just got accepted into college and to wow. my university. And, and we're talking real time, 10 seconds ago, first open the door as is the intro. So anyways, great reason to be grateful. And so if you hear, you know, the family's probably going to start calling, but I do have my notification silence, but good news. Definitely awesome news. Yes. Way to, I know that's a great, you know, way to go into an evening and, Yes, to exactly. be, uh, you know, have gratitude towards because it, it's a huge process. And for, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's your own child or students, mm-hmm. you know, they put a lot of work into that culminating point. So definitely mm-hmm. exciting. So jumping into today's topic, I always like to have guests on the show talk a little bit more about themselves. So tell us a little about yourself and your background in education and how did you get to where you are today? Well, I have been a teacher for 25 years now. My first half was spent in elementary. And then after that, I spent my 13th year in middle school. So a total of 25 years. And then I've been a professor for a couple of years. But what really brought me into education was my teachers. 
I loved my teachers. My teachers were the highlight of my childhood. And school was a safe place and a positive place. And so I think that's what really motivated me to want to become an educator. But certainly I do have a good story of how I got here because really I know that you were talking about gratitude. And I would say that the reason I got here was my students. So I have a quick story for you. Go ahead. Last day of school, couple minutes before the bell rang for summer. I don't know why I asked this question, but I asked my students, what have I not taught you? And I reviewed the skills of independence and the skills of independence were something that I was helping them to learn how to be a good student. And I, at that time I was teaching math, science, and social studies. And as you know, it's so important for students to learn how to be a student because if they learn how to be a student, then they're going to accelerate in every single area. So I said, let's review it. Let's review the skills of independence, be focused, choose to not be distracted, be a time manager and be trustworthy. What is it missing? And after a few students volunteered, one student said gratitude and every single student said, yes, gratitude. Bell rang, summer started, and I was left wondering, how do you teach gratitude? And so that summer I spent researching gratitude and I did not come up with really any ideas of how to teach gratitude to children because one of the books that was coming out is How to Make Grateful Kids. It was the same year, 2014. So with not a whole lot of direction, I thought, well, how do you get better at something? You practice. And how have I started practicing gratitude my own self? And I hadn't even told my students that I had just started a gratitude journal a few months before. And my gratitude journal, my goal was to make it to a thousand. But this was something, you know, I'd started a gratitude journal before and it wasn't that successful. So I didn't, I hadn't even shared this with my students. So for them to come up with gratitude on their own and for them to all agree really got me thinking. So the following year, that was that year I was teaching six fifths. I was teaching math, science and social studies, very, three very different subjects. And I incorporated gratitude simply by having them in the back of their notebook write a couple of things they were thankful for each class period. If they wanted to share with their partner, they could. Um, if they wanted to share with the class, they could. And it just took really a couple minutes every class period. Since then, it's evolved from that. But that was really my students who motivated me to do that. So at the end of that year, end of that year, I asked the same questions. You know, what have you learned in class? What, what was your favorite thing? And what surprised me out of the 200 students was that I kept seeing I mean, almost 200 students said the same thing, and that's obviously very rare. So to hear from middle school students to say they were happier and they felt like a better person completely shocked me because math, science, and social studies reporting that, that from those subjects, you feel like you're happier and a better person. I knew that what would I do differently? The only thing I did differently was gratitude. And so from that point on, I knew, I, I believe I'm onto something. So that was 2014. And so I've been practicing gratitude with my students since 2014, and which led me to get my doctorate, specifically in gratitude. I went to get my doctorate, not because I was like, I need to get my doctorate, but I wanted to research. I felt like there's something here. I wanna research this. And so that's, it's really my students who led me to where I'm at today. Well, that's really inspiring. And that's just, you know, amazing how that had such an effect on them and, you know, how they, you know, they were happy as a result of doing that work and, 
just, you know, your own journey with it as well, you know, it seems like it goes right along with it. So speaking of that dissertation, we talked a lot about um, gratitude before on this podcast, but I didn't really dive into a lot of the research of gratitude. Some names were mentioned, but I really wanted to see like the nuts and bolts of this a little bit. Can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, your research in gratitude? What was that process like? And then ultimately, what were your study about and what did you find? Gratitude has the ability, as you research gratitude, to affect every single area of your life. And for me personally, it's it's been something that the more I practice it, the more that I see the benefits. So in my dissertation, I did my dissertation working with middle school students. In the middle school setting, there were 650 students that participated in the study. It was over 15 weeks. And there were two things that were measured. One was the social emotional health survey, which a lot of you might be familiar with the California Healthy Kids Survey. Dr. Mm -hmm. Furlong is the one that developed that. He's also the one that developed the social emotional health survey. And what it does is it tests and it, it measures somebody's co-vitality. And a co-vitality is your likelihood to live Comor versus comorbidity would be your likelihood to die. So it tests in 12 different areas. It tests your, your co-vitality. And gratitude is one of those, one of those pieces of co-vitality, along with self-awareness, self-efficacy, um, persistence, family coherence, peer efficacy, peer support, school support, gratitude, zest, optimism, emotional regulation, self-control, empathy. So those make up your social emotional well-being. They're not the same as social emotional learning, but we'll, we'll get to that, I think, later on. But GQ6 is a measure that measures your gratitude. So those are the two measures that, that we use along with. So that was, that was more of the quantitative. And then the qualitative was asking the students questions and having them answer with what is gratitude? How has it impacted you? Um, do you think gratitude should be taught in schools? So in the, the qualitative, actually 11 of the 12 co-vitalities showed up in the qualitative. And students had a lot to say about how they were impacted with in, in the results to that. And one interesting thing about the study is that some of the students in the study had me for three years. And so they didn't currently have me. And so I know you had kind of asked, like, what did you find? So here's what I found. Here's what the significant results were, is that significant self-efficacy. Self-efficacy came up just in 15 weeks. Their self-efficacy was significant. Um, the GQ6, the gratitude survey, was significant for all students that practiced that. And then the students that had been my students, maybe even two years prior to that, there was a significant difference in behavior in warning, in steps. The students that had me didn't have that, and also in grades. So that that was that was really, you know, interesting to be able to, you know, you, you don't see a lot of studies where it's been three years with gratitude. In fact, when you look at most studies, it's just a couple weeks. And there, like I said, there's not a lot on students. So to be able to have a three-year kind of look at how did it impact them. And so there's five domains of social-emotional learning. So social emotional learning is different than social emotional health. And all of those domains are impacted by gratitude. So those domains are, for anybody that's listening that isn't aware, of the five domains is self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and decision-making. And those all are 
closely linked to gratitude. And when you read the research, you can just see how all of those things, it shows up in all those. And really, gratitude is transformational in that it allows us to celebrate the present. It transforms a person from really how they see their life. If a person is struggling with anxiety, most likely they're, they're really living in or they're concerned about the future. If they're depressed, they're often really upset about something in the past. But when you practice gratitude, it allows the individual to live in the moment, to celebrate the moment, to realize that the moment is truly a gift. So those are just some things that, that I found in my study. And what's, what's very interesting, fascinating, is when a middle school student comes up to you years later and wants to talk to you and, say, and to tell you, I've had so many students come up and say to me, I know when I was in your class, I was average. I, I never thought I would excel, but now I'm a junior and I'm in all the accelerated classes. And I attribute that to practicing gratitude in your class. It shifted my focus. It gave me an appreciation for my education and it continues to drive me and help me in times when, when I struggle, when I struggle at school, I come back to gratitude. And I have so many students tell me they continue to practice gratitude. And to me, that that's the best thing. They're writing on their own time. They're practicing on their own time. They're continuing years into. So I, I have many students who are now in college are still practicing. They started sixth grade and they're still practicing gratitude. So to me, that's powerful that they've come back and they have found it so transformational. They've gotten their parents to start. They've gotten grandparents to start. So once they get started and how they see it change their mind, they they want to spread it. They want to help other people. To me, it seems like, you know, if you start practicing it quite a bit and it becomes more evident in your life, it becomes kind of like that tidal wave where it's going to go yes. in a variety of different areas, you know, literally by touching other people, but also, you know, within all those domains of, um, your social emotional mm -hmm. domains that you're talking about. And I like how you discussed how it was a long term, you know, you looked at it long term and you saw, uh, you know, that's that significance there. Mm -hmm. And you saw it, you know, in your study, but you also saw it, you know, outside the study in regard to having the students coming back to you mm -hmm. and talking about those experiences and talking about, you know, their growth in their perception of themselves, you know, the idea of self-efficacy, you know, thinking that was average, but now, you know, maybe I'm not, you know, I'm above average or I feel like I have the ability to be successful in whatever I am trying to do. So I think that's, you know, that's extremely powerful. And it makes me wonder, you know, in my experience in education, it really wasn't until maybe the last couple of years where we talked about social emotional learning, all right. that was dealt regarding your own, you know, your own mental health and your own emotional intelligence, whether you're, you know, receiving services through a therapist, um, not being embedded within education. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't really evident in my schooling career. And it's just, I mean, I'm sure this gratitude research goes back some time, but it's really interesting how I think culturally it 
we've shifted now to the point where maybe it wasn't so accepted maybe five to 10 years ago, or, you know, it's just, you know, I, it's, it, I just find it odd. It just wasn't in, you know, my experience in education, nor, um, you know, some previous generations. And now it's finally coming to fruition because I think it, you know, something like that being so powerful could help with a lot of the mental health, um, you know, problems that are going on, especially in this country for people of all ages. And um, so just makes me wonder, um, you know, why wasn't it? And, you know, moving forward, you know, what can we do to continue to, you know, spread this so that we can continue to, you know, impact those lives and the lives around those um, that start practicing it. So what do you think, you know, based on your own practices in your classroom and research, what are a number of strategies you suggest a teacher uh, begin implementing in their instruction? Well, right away, you can just see how, how easy and quick it could be in starting that gratitude journal. And since I have taught math, science, social studies, English, you know, I'm sure a lot of teachers are thinking, well, I don't do writing. Well, really, we're having to do writing in every single subject. And so anytime you can get a student to want to write, that's a positive thing because the writing will improve. The more we write, the better we're going to write. So the first thing I would say is one strategy is starting gratitude journal and giving them a little bit of space in class to be able to share that. For me, it's five minutes a week. I call it five minutes of gratitude. And we set the timer with the intention. And I did have a different word of the week every week. And these are words that, that are words that I feel like self-starter, focused, time manager, words that I know are going to help them. I call them passport power words. And I say, you don't have to learn them. You don't have to know them. I'm not going to test you. But the more that you learn, the more you become, the more you're going to be able to go in life. And so we'll have, I'll have a quote of the week, story of the week, a video that ties in with this. So I have developed curriculum that was used for my study. And I'm happy to share it with anybody that is interested. And so with that, we practice gratitude for five minutes. So in mind, with, with that in mind, the students have, they practice it so much more than that five minutes because they find that, that five minutes, it starts to, they realize how much they have to be grateful for. And I will find them, hey, am I allowed to write in my journal during my free time? Can I do it at home? Can I? So it's, it's amazing that they want to practice it outside of school. Because as we know, as if an educator knows, it's very hard to get students to do their work. And so when they're asking, can I do it outside of work? You're just absolutely elated. So starting a gratitude journal and giving them an opportunity to share. So maybe you don't even have them write it out, but starting off class or ending class with a positive note, what are they thankful for that they learned? Or what are they thankful for outside of the class? Because maybe in a class like math, you want to connect with your students, you want to connect with your students, but you know, you're spending the majority of time reviewing this. Well, you could quickly say, what are you thankful for for this weekend? And so that brings in, then that gives you connections with your students and that gives them an opportunity to share. And sharing is always optional. So anytime students, you know, they can pass, but so many often want that connection with you and with each other. So those are a couple of things I recommend. Yeah, definitely. And those are easy to, you know, interweave within your, your weekly um, instruction and doesn't matter what you're teaching. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think just, if you just want to build connections with the students and build classroom community, I mean, I think that that, you know, just makes it that much more worthwhile because those are important factors that you constantly want to be working on exactly. uh, throughout the year, 
because you know the the year happens and flows and you know you go through a lot together and you know you want to try and you know have you know many more of those positive experiences than um you know things that could be negative so um that that's great um so i want to ask you now you know thinking about it more as uh you know whole school level or like grade level departments you know how can we implement a culture of you know incorporating these gratitude practices in the classes maybe not just in your class but other classes what do you think has been something that's been you know successful in the research as well as your own experience we just celebrated you know thanksgiving so i don't know when you're listening to this for our listeners and a lot of times we'll think of thanksgiving as a day or a season or a week but realizing to me gratitude and being thankful and thanksgiving I celebrate every single day. So how can we do this as a school? As a school, as an administrator, you can really start with thank you, thanking staff for certain things. Start with appreciation, um, notice staff members, have other staff members thank other staff members. We had um, a day where we called Thankful Thursday and our goal was to call for each teacher to call five parents and say why we're thankful for their child. And so of course it was really funny because I get on the phone and I say, this is Dr. Mayer and I'm calling about your student and right away, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna go get my child. So the child, they get the child and I said, oh good, I'm glad you're getting your son. I'm so proud of him. Let me thank you for what he did today in class. And the mom just was completely floored because she had never in her life received a positive phone call saying thank you to her son. One parent said, you know, I, I really appreciate you calling, but my wife is going to want to hear it too. Could you call her as well? So they were just so appreciative of that phone call. So making an effort to thank parents. Parents do so much work. Parents are, they, and often they only hear negative. And so making an effort to thank the parent to appreciate the child that that's really what it's about you know noticing the good i i go back to the quote you know if you look for the good you're going to find it. if you look for the bad you're going to find it abraham lincoln said that and so really it's, it's like choose what you're going to look for you're going to find both you're going to find both in every single classroom and so why not look for the good in your school in your class with your staff because if you're constantly trying to look for the good, you know, I'm sure you've heard this, but, you know, ask people, look for blue, look for blue, look for blue, close your eyes. Now, what do you see? It was yellow. You, you know, you're, you're not going to remember, right? Because if you're always looking for something, that's what you're going to see. So as an educator, administrator, parent, what are you looking for? You're going to find what you look for. So choose to look for that positive and choose to call that out. And what you'll find is the students will start to speak that same language, whatever that language is that you're teaching them, right? If you're teaching them to be critical, that's what they start to sound like. If you're teaching them to be grateful, then they start to emulate that as well. We know that with mirror neurons, you know, kids, kids take on your emotion, kids take on your mood. And so that's why it's so important to, to get yourself into a positive state so that you're able to affect your students in a positive way. Because I think that's why most teachers became teachers, because they wanted to make a difference. That's why I became a teacher, because I wanted to make a difference. I got into the public school system and I thought, oh my goodness, 
how am I going to make a difference? And it took me really 13, 14 years into my, into teaching and developing my own curriculum to, to really realize that I can make a difference. And yes, I, I did have the privilege of going to a private school. I wasn't wealthy. I didn't have money, but I went to a private school. I'm very grateful for that. And all the things, the social emotional learning I did receive, uh, but that's very rare. And that's not, that's not incorporated, you know, and we're just beginning to incorporate that and everybody needs it. You know, whether you're in a school or an adult, we all need to cultivate. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that you discuss a lot of great things that easy things that, you know, leaders can do and then departments can do and then it, teachers can do on a daily basis or weekly basis to, um, you know, provide that gratitude towards the student, provide it towards staff, right. provide it towards um, support staff members. I mean, there's a lot of different things that you can do uh, across the campus within classrooms. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, I think that if you're just intentional about it and focus on like, you know, three to five things, I mean, it's very much um, very doable. And, and, and I, I, I think that it'd be interesting to see, you know, to measure the level of gratitude at different schools and see right. if it looks at, you know, what's the overall like happiness or well-being of students where there's um, gratitude practices being utilized in a variety of different classrooms. And you wonder, you know, that probably may also have a relationship with their learning and, and their overall achievement in, you know, the short term in their academic K-12 careers and then maybe long term in life. Um, right. I, I, I think that we really need to focus on that emotional intelligence piece, um, notions of resiliency, looking at the positive uh, because of a lot of people's lives. There's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of um, things that they have to navigate that are difficult. But I think with you know, having those skills in place, it will make it a lot easier to be resilient and, um, you know, come up on top um, versus the alternative. So um, I, I, I'm really hoping that, you know, more and more of this can be uh, implemented at schools um, in classrooms across the world. I so, agree with you. Mm -hmm. So speaking of, um, we talked about your research earlier, but, you know, based on what you've uh, done so far, where do you think, you know, you know, should the research of incorporating gratitude go, you know, where should it go based on, um, you know, what you've seen so far and um, what we currently need to continue to look at? Well, it's really fascinating in my studies. I had six, seventh and eighth graders and the sixth graders took on to the intervention like sponges because developmentally they, they were ready for it. And then the lasting effects continued, continued to see those lasting effects. I think any research with gratitude and students would be absolutely phenomenal. Uh, one of the problems that I have found, and I'm sure that you have heard from colleagues, is that a lot of districts are not allowing you to research with students for whatever reason. But I think as district, district-wide, we need to start saying, you know, let's look at how gratitude is impacting, because we're testing this. And, and how are we testing this? Well, in California, and I know people maybe all around the globe are listening to this, but in California, we have the California Healthy Kids Survey. Well, part of the component of that, their co-vitality is 
you know, those gratitude interventions. It does help. And our school scored so high on that. And I do attribute it to a lot of the different gratitude practices and social emotional interventions that we have put into place. So allowing for, you know, districts, allow that research. If you're in charge of your district, allow them to have gratitude research, allow teachers to incorporate this and, you know, encourage teachers to incorporate this and it, it will spread. The students love it. You know, the students, it, for them to have something that they want to do, it's contagious. And, you know, what if we started it with little kids? I know, I know I've know, i started gratitude journals with little kids. We go over, I'm, I'm a pal teacher, so we go over to the first and second graders and they love it. So really providing us a, a space for it in schools. Providing Definitely. And saying it's okay to do is, is where we need to start. However, whatever that looks like, um, it's, it's important. It will, it's transformational. And we know that we don't just hire a grade point average, right? We look at the whole student. Employers are looking at the whole student and much more likely to want somebody that's grateful and appreciative than somebody that just scores high because it's a whole person that you hire. It's a whole person that you're working on. And so I think, you know, I, scores are important. Trust me, scores are important. And what I've seen is their scores are high. The scores will be there. The kids will score high. When kids like school, they'll do well. Kids want to go to school, they'll do well. So everything else will follow. Definitely. And I, and I feel like that with, we need to be measuring much more than just the, the, you know, the achievement of students. And I think that we need to really focus on the whole child and, and you know, see, I think building those emotional intelligence skills, building those academic skills, building those communication skills, building those technology skills, and all, all those are required to be, you know, a person that's, you know, contributing to society. So I'm really hoping that we can, you know, in California, as well as um, states across the nation, really start measuring, um, you know, those uh, variables um, so that we can determine, you know, what we can do to, you know, help help that so that we can support them for the rest of their lives. So as we finalize today's episode, I always ask educators to provide what are, you know, a couple tips that all educators can do regardless of their context to help them navigate the present and future of education. So I want to hear your perspective on, uh, perspective on this. A lot of times we think that the day starts maybe when school starts and preparation. But I think that something that maybe has been overlooked is the teacher and something that we all could practice. So whether you are a parent, an administrator, a teacher, your morning routine matters. Your morning routine matters just as much as your lesson plans and your objective and your checking for understanding and your exit tickets. If you come into school or come into your job or come, you know, wake up your kids, if you if you start the day off on the wrong note, it has a domino effect, either in a positive way or a negative way. So your mood matters, your morning routine matters. And so starting that intention, that positive intention. So the first thing that I do in the morning, cup of coffee, I sit down and I do practice what I have students do. I journal every single morning. I'll journal 
what I'm thankful for, my favorite memory from the day before. I will send positive text messages to people. I'll think about who I thank at least one person from the day before that I appreciate maybe something that they did. So just setting that intention of sending out something positive to one relationship in my life and to look for something positive. And, you know, sometimes it is hard to be thankful. And sometimes in my journal, I have written, I'm thankful the day's over. And that's okay too. But constantly going back to gratitude because you choose the state that you live in. Stress is a choice. And if you realize it's a choice, if you realize that you get to choose your state, that there's a lot of power in that because I want to live in a beautiful state. I want to live in a grateful state. When you choose that for yourself and you walk into your classroom, it makes everything different. They do pick up, you know, science has found mirror neurons that whoever has the most um, contagious a mood, they set the tone. You know, you, we've all heard if mom ain't happy, nobody ain't happy. But really in the classroom, if the teacher's not happy, no one's happy. And so as the teacher, you set the mood, right? You set the mood. And so get yourself in a positive state, develop positive things, you know, exercise, journal. So everybody, everywhere, this is important for a successful day. That first hour, that first hour and focusing on the good of the day and being appreciative that you're alive. No, that's, that's, those are, those are fantastic tips. They're powerful and they're life changing and doesn't mean that you have to be perfect in those, but no, I think that just being consistent, I think just having that's a level of consistency and, uh, and then over time that I think that, you know, like anything, you'll become more consistent. So Thank you so much for joining us today. And what's the best way for our listeners uh, to get in touch with you? I'm going to post your blog and your research okay. and some of your YouTube things in the show notes. So they'll be able to connect with you that way. But is there any other way that you want your listeners to reach out to you um, as well as um, maybe check out your blog? Yeah, I can include, I'll send you my email. I'm fine with if if people want to email me and they want to find out more and I'll share curriculum and things like that, that would be wonderful. And in fact, my daughter's making a documentary on gratitude. And so I'll share that with you as well. She's working on that literally as we speak. So, and it has, it's a new video with students and them talking about how it's changed and impacted their life. And all students in the video that I shared with you and in her video, they all volunteered. It was on their own time and they had a lot to say about how it's changed their life. And when you see students that are excited to talk about how something's helped them, that there's nothing better. In fact, it was this school counselor that I had that said, what are you doing in your classroom? You're doing something in your classroom. I can't figure out what it is. She's the one that kind of, I thought it was, I thought it was classroom management way back. But then I went to the Orange County Department of Ed. They said, that's not classroom management, that's social emotional learning. So again, way back, I didn't know what that was, but now hopefully, we are learning. It's social, emotional learning. It's social, emotional health. So I'm hoping that people still come to me and say, what is that? You know, what is that? But um, I think that people like you are making a difference because you're getting it out there. So I want to thank you, Matt, for all that you do to help education to become what, what it can be. Well, yeah, thank you so much. And, and I appreciate you, um, you know, being a guest today, describing all that you're doing. It's really high impact, making a difference. And hopefully we can continue to spread uh, that to, you know, schools and, and students, not only here in the United States, but around the world. So for our listeners, 
You can follow the podcast on YouTube at Matt Rhodes 1990, or you can go on to Spotify, Apple, Breaker, any major podcast player to check out our episodes all about variety of topics from instruction, policy, to uh, leadership, to gratitude, to SEL. We have so many uh, you know, special topics and, and amazing guests that are very experienced um, in the field doing these things so that you can learn how to navigate the present and future of education. Until next time, everyone, thank you so much. And we look forward to having you listen to our upcoming episodes and ones in the past. Thank you, everyone.